D-Day is here. Welcome, folks, to episode number 311 of Unscripted. It is one that Chris and I have been looking forward to for quite a while. We have decided to make this douchebag day. Originally, the concept was who are our biggest, our 10 biggest douchebags from the one, not and I don't think we even, even, we even, we don't think we even said that it had to be sports. We said it could, the only requirement is it had to be a living person. Yeah. That's, that's it. That was the only requirement. We were looking for our 10 biggest douchebags <laughs> from any walk of life. And uh, I've got 17. Chris has got 25. I can't imagine what uh, our friends Ryan and Greg have. I'm interested to see. I saw a preliminary list that uh, uh, Ryan had, uh, that had produced, and he had well more than 10 on there. It's hard to pare it down to 10 it really is in this amazing. day and age. Yeah. I mean, my God. You, you could start in politics, you could start in entertainment, you could start in in any any you know any kind of mainstream uh, cultural kind of thing, whatever. but uh, Chris and I are going to tackle this on this 311th episode of Unscripted. We're calling it D-Day and uh, I will let the executive producer of Unscripted give us his first five uh, his top five. In descending order, yeah. not ascending order, in descending order, we'll let the executive producer start us off here on this D-Day edition, episode number 311 of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. Well, D-Day, of course, happened on the beach, and that's where a douchebag can readily be found, so this really <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me. But anyway, yeah, we're going to start with number 25. I had What I chose to do for my list, uh, of course, it's unscripted, so we do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> so I had to I had to keep it all sports for mine just to get it to 25. Oh. And I'm, I'm terrified I'm missing stuff. What I'm actually hoping with this whole living thing, I'm hoping that one of these assholes that I hate so much... <laughs> Dies. I, <they're, laughs> Well, for sure that no, but I'm gonna. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that I don't know that they're dead and they are. And then you're, you're gonna say oh. like, "Oh, that guy's actually dead." I'm looking at the. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. But they're probably all still living. All these assholes. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so uh, starting with number twenty-five, and I and you know I looked up a bunch of top douchebag and sports lists, and this guy was on a lot of them. And this is a guy Mike knows very, very, very well. And I wasn't gonna put him on, but I'm actually putting him on for a purely sports reason, not even because of any of the personal stuff. And that's a gentleman named Brett Favre, who Mike's heard of. And uh, the reason was, and it, you know, it's it's not even the dick pics and the sexting and the whatever, <laughs> acting like a 14-year-old girl or boy or something. It's not even it, it, it's not even because he's a, you know, a, a hick from Tennessee, or so from uh, Mississippi. Mississippi. Sorry, pardon me. Mississippi. They all run together for me. Yeah. But I hated how, and, and, this, I, and this is way before I met Mike or had any, right. you know, connection right. to the Packers or anything. I hated how he went to the Vikings. Yeah. I, I mean, I and, it's, and it's not a personal thing. That, like, I didn't care about the Packers or the Vikings. I'm just like, whatever. But I, I thought it was kind of spitting in the face of the fans because, you know, I know the fans kind of take it more seriously. And to a lot of these guys, it's just their job and whatever. And they don't get too caught up in the, you know, uh, whoa, the traditional rivalry or whatever necessarily. But I think it really kind of takes a lot of the fun away when you go to the arch rival. Yeah. I mean, even if he went to, even if he went to the Detroit Lions, it wouldn't be as bad. Like it just, if you go to the Bears It'd or the like Vikings, Wayne, it's, it was like Wayne Gretzky skating for the Calgary Flames. Exactly. In the day, in the eighties, exactly. and it's just, 
it's just unforgivable. It's just not it's not something that would ever happen realistically in most places due to trade or signing or anything. And I just thought that was a, a douchebag move to the uh, amazing fan support that you get in Green Bay. Like Mike said, you know, sold out every game for 60 years here. So it's, you know, I, th- I think the fans deserve better than having to see Favre and Purple. That was, that was just awkward and weird. And then they still have to, you know, forget all that and then put him in their ring of honor or whatever. And it's just, I, I, it was just a weird douchebag move. So I wanted to have someone on the list that did, did something purely douchebaggish <laughs> to the fan, to their own fans. And, and the, the sex thing is just a bonus. <laughs> okay. I just got, I'm sorry, but yeah, I have okay. to interject one thing here. My mother, Sharon mm-hmm. and her sister, Betty, mm-hmm. when they reconciled and they kissed and made up in 2015 and Favre was in doctor or in, in doctor and he should have been mm-hmm. inducted. He was inducted into the Packer hall of fame. They opened up the stadium seats were 10 bucks and they had now Lambo seats, 80,000. They had over 70, thousand people that paid 10 bucks and my mother and my and her sister were among the 70,000 people that came out to say hi to Brett Favre yeah no and then you know and he shows up one game in or two games in Viking purple yeah that was great pick there. yeah thank you but anyway uh then number 24 this guy is going to be way higher on a lot of lists his name is Alex Rodriguez and, oh, I got him oh yeah. I bet you do yeah and so the the reason that he's not higher on mine is because I just don't care about him at all like i just some i just a lot of the guys on the list i just can't stand like i'd love to fight a lot of these guys <laughs> or just like kick him in the balls or something and alex rodriguez well he totally deserves it i just for some i just can't care about him at all like not even in a bad way i just i'm just like i don't care like if i heard he got hit by a bus like most <laughs> of these guys if they got hit by a bus i'd be dancing in the street you know <laughs> hoping not to get hit by a bus myself but uh him i just i don't know i just don't care i just He's just a big dumb cheater, and uh, I just don't care. And so I couldn't put him higher because I didn't. I don't hate him enough, even though he deserves it. Okay, uh, number twenty-three. We have a guy who does not live up to his last name at all. His name is Richie Incognito, who is not incognito at all. And I don't know how this guy had a job for so long. Well, I can block. That's why. Well, yeah, he'd also lead the league in false start penalties. I remember when he was on the Rams because I'd hear it from Greg all the time. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, right? I mean, he's false starting all the time, bullying teammates, all kinds of shit. Like, anyway, he was just a piece of garbage, and I'm glad he's finally, finally retired. But, uh, yeah, he was just he's just everything that's wrong with old jock, old dumb jock sports, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm glad he's gone. Number 22, we have a gentleman, and I think, is he from Wisconsin? So I apologize, Mike, for that, but Chris Chelios... Or would he, play he went to the University of Wisconsin. Went to University, right. that's what it was. University of Wisconsin. That's he was what... he was on the same hall his first year at Wisconsin that my brother Dave was. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Okay. Um, and you know, he was always just kind of a dick and the funny <laughs> The funniest thing, and I've said this on the show before, but that picture where you see him skating and he sees this gigantic sign that a fan brought and Chelios can only laugh at it. And he's just looking back like, oh, I can't believe someone put that. And the, si- and the guy holding the sign is laughing and has this huge, <laughs> and it just says, hey, Chelios, you're uglier than Ricci, who was, you know, <laughs> you know, because Mike Ricci is like the ugliest the guy. Ugliest man yeah. alive. Hey, you're uglier than Ricci. And then Chelios is like, oh, come on, like so brutal. But um, no, the biggest reason he's on here is because I remember my dad was in a hockey pool and I guess it was 1989, I think, when uh, Chelios elbowed the living shit out of uh, Brian Prop and took him out. And Brian Prop was in my dad's uh, fantasy league, I think, at the time. And uh, and that's that hurt his hockey pool. But anyway, Chelios is just kind of a dick. Uh, number 21, 
So my last bit for this uh, this five here, my bottom five, let's call them. Uh, number 21, Michael Johnson and his stupid gold shoes, p- pretending to pull up lame against Donovan Bailey. Uh, that was just, you know what? If you're getting your ass kicked, just take the loss like a man. Don't fucking fake shit. And like, you know, Bailey was absolutely right. And he's like, he's a chicken. We can race again right now. He's not hurt. He's just, he was losing. There was no, I don't know why anyone expected that a 200 and 400 meter champion would beat a 100 meter champion at 150. That didn't make any sense to me. Everyone knows the 100 meters is the fast, or at least even maybe go to a 40-yard dash, but 40 or 100, those are the speed events. 200 and 400, those are not speed events as much. You have to combine speed with endurance at at that length. Uh, Nobody can sprint full out for more than realistically 10 or 12 seconds. That's that's about as uh, much as you can expect at that level. So anyway, I just thought that was cowardly to just not take the loss like a man. Okay, um, I don't have 25. I have pared it down to 17. And uh, I will give my first 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 right now. Then I'll give 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 there. Yeah, we'll, we'll get her done. So have you, um, have, you, have you now mixed up entertainment and uh, sports yep. into one list? Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay, and you got 17? I've got 17, and uh, I'm going in descending order. So I'm starting at 17 so, and going down to my biggest well, why don't thing. You, why don't you do uh, four, 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 and then do your top five? Okay, that sounds good. Four, one, two, let's see. There's four, then one, two, three, four. There's yeah. one, Just there's two, one, two, half. three, four. That's three, and then this is... And then your top the, five. This is the big D. Yeah, the, yeah. Top, the top five should be special. I okay, think. I agree. Okay, so my 17 through 14, 14 yeah. uh, again, in descending order... My number 17, and I just recently uh, found out a little bit more about this guy. He is a Canadian icon, but there was a recent documentary on TSN about this guy, and this is about athletes in Canada, and I never realized what a prick this guy was. Donovan Bailey, the sprinter. Congratulations to him for winning gold in the 200-meter dash. Or was it the hundred no, meter? No, one hundred meter dash, and, and then he Michael ended, Johnson. Right, <laughs> but then he did, and then he was in a relay that won. A, he was in a relay that won at, at at Atlanta as well, and then he was involved in a pay per view with Johnson, and Johnson supposedly hurt his whatever. But yeah. it's it's a it's a couple of bitches, is what it is. Um, Donovan Bailey, when you see this uh, documentary, and I don't think you'll see it in the states, but here in Canada it was on TSN, and uh, he comes off as a jerk. And give full credit to his his talent and his gift and what he meant to Canadian track and field, but he just to me looked like an asshole. And from what he and the way he spoke and the way that he was kind of looked upon in the track world at that time, um, there were a lot of egomaniacs in track at this time. You're talking about Michael Johnson. You're talking about Donovan Bailey. You're at the end there of Carl Lewis, who we all know was a legend in his own mind. But um, number 17 on my list was Donovan Bailey, the sprinter from Canada. Number 16, I'm going to dip into the music world, and I can't stand this lady, Katy Perry. Yeah, it's fake can't as shit. Can't stand her. Fake as shit. Uh, the smartest thing that Russell Brand, the comedian, ever did was get rid of her dumbass. <laughs> um, I think she brings down the IQ on American Idol when you're talking about the country guy who really knows, seems to know what he's doing, and then Lionel Richie. Not a big Lionel Richie fan, but Lionel didn't make this list. Katy Perry dear, sure did. 
Katy Perry thinks she's got some talent. She thinks she's got some looks, and all she's got is fake boobs. Um, staying in the music business, number 15, Justin Bieber. Um, I give the young man credit for, you know, posting some videos of himself years ago on YouTube, and that supposedly caught the eye of music industry producers that made him what he is today. But maybe he isn't such a big douchebag. Maybe he's still a confused kid. I don't know what it is, but I don't like him. And he made this list and that's all. If I don't like him, he ain't on the list on the list. Number 14, um, saying in the music business, I can't stand Miley Cyrus. I don't know what she brings to the table. She tries to wear these, these outfits that, but she doesn't have the body to fit it. Um, I don't think she sings real well. I don't know what she does. I think on the voice, she probably mentors pretty well. I don't know what it is, but there's something about her I don't like. And she made number 14 on my list. With a couple of those, uh, Bieber, I always just thought I would like to do a simulation. If you could take every young man ever and put him in Bieber's exact situation, how would you respond? It would be tough like to not oh, come absolutely. off like that. And really I would. Him, and I gave him credit. I, know, I, I, think I, know. He, I think he probably got some bad leadership from mm-hmm. somebody. Somebody that wanted to get on the magic carpet ride and ride it for as long as they could. And, and Bieber is still doing well, but I just don't... And, and again, this is my age, folks. You have to understand. I grew up in an era where it was the Rat Pack and it was... Uh, it was there was guys that were making music and guys that you could you could listen to the lyrics and you could hear what they were saying and what they were audibleizing you could understand what they were saying part of my problem with these people that I've mentioned already and I've got other music moguls on this list that I can't stand is because I can't understand what they're saying and maybe that's my age maybe that's my hearing going to hell I don't know what it is but Bieber made my list and I'm not going to apologize for it. No, fair enough. I just and when I see Katy Perry, I and totally you're right. It. And you're right. You're absolutely right. You put myself into that kind of microscope at 15 years old or whatever it was. I don't know how I'd handle it. I'd probably get full of myself too if I've got people that are fawning all over me all the time. But from an older guy seeing him, I not a big fan. No, I understand that. I hate when Katy Perry sits there and opens her eyes super wide because she's supposed to do oh, just I, I can't stand when she sits there and struts. Like she's walking down the runway with legitimate models. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I I'm I sorry. Don't, I don't get either. Everything that comes out of her mouth, I can't stand. When I see her on the TV, I can't stand. I want to put my fist through the thing. And, and you never hit a woman. No, so and I, I like uh I, I don't I don't care for Miley Cyrus, but I understand why she has done what she did because she, I think the whole goal of everything she's done the last few years was simply she didn't want to be Hannah Montana the rest of her life. And, and I, I think understand that's the idea. And I don't think she wanted to be Billy Ray Cyrus's daughter either. And that too. Sure. So I appreciate what but she the did. the costumes that she comes out in. And it's like, Jesus Christ, don't you have a mirror in your dressing room? Oh, and you look... You look stupid. And it's unfortunate, too, because I've, if you look back even a few years ago, like I've seen her when she's like trying to look nice when she's, you know, 18 and, and just she's actually naturally very pretty. And I saw a picture of her mother the other day, yeah. and she actually looks a fair bit like her mother, and her mother is really beautiful. And so uh, it, was, it was interesting. So uh, I appreciate the situation she was in. She just went with a nuclear option when it comes to not being daughter of, you know, achy, breaky heart guy and uh, not being Hannah Montana. So I at least appreciate that. Um, maybe could have done it differently, but I, I get it. 
Okay, so uh, let's go to my number 20 top 25 sports douchebags. We're going to go with the world-famous Claude Lemieux, who <laughs> was the biggest piss-off because he'd not only cheap-shot you after the whistle, do anything, and then he'd score on you. And then it was like, oh, I just want this guy dead. Like, I mean, he was so frustrating. Uh, I saw a list that had, they said he looks like a Bond villain, and he kind of does with those, like, really light eyes, and he's just, he's just yeah, kind of a weird <laughs> dude. Anyway. He'd be one of the guys, though, I would think. If he's on your team, you'd like him if he was on your team. You'd hate playing Maybe. against him. Maybe. because He some played for a lot of good hockey teams. Oh, yeah, I know. And, and, and contributed to well, a lot of good thing. hockey he's, Yeah, teams. he's talented. That's why it's yeah, frustrating. Yeah. If you're just yeah. like... No, I get it, but you understand what I'm saying. If... If he was on your team, like Danny Ainge, everybody hated Danny Ainge when he was on the Boston Celtics. But the Celtics themselves loved having that little pesty motherfucker yeah, on their team. There's some of that. Like, there's guys that I will mention on this list later on that I don't care if they're on my team or not. I hate them, yeah. right? But, I mean, yeah, someone like an Esatikinen. Now, I loved Esatikinen, but I don't know. Maybe he would have been annoying to play against. Calgary Flames here, Flames fans love Theron Fleury. I fucking hated Theron Fleury growing up, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it, some people, maybe you hate them, but maybe you love them if you're on your team. But there are guys, and they will be on my list here, specifically hockey players, that I don't want them on my team. And if they are, I still hate them, and I don't care. Oh, my God, I just added one. Oh, well, good. Bonus. Okay, uh, so that was... Now, uh, number 19, yep. a couple years ago, it would have been unfathomable for this guy to be on a list like this. And now he totally is on here, and we still don't know what happened to this guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? Who is Who has gone from... You the real MVP to what the hell happened Kevin to Kevin Durant. What happened to this guy? He was so cool. He was so cool. Well, you know what happened to him? In my This is my opinion. This is what I think happened. In Oklahoma City, you're out there in the middle of the boondocks, mm-hmm. and you don't have a big media presence, and they, you know, they, made, it, they made it to one yeah. Western Conference finals right. during his time. And there's no other big four teams. Correct. Then you go to to Oakland and you play on the best team in basketball the last five years. And obviously the media scrutiny, they're on TV every night. And I think that that probably that change of scenery had a lot to do with the changing of good old country boy Kevin Durant to urban country asshole Kevin Durant. Yeah, you know, looking, it has to have been that it has to have been. You know, he was all revered, and he decided, you know, he wanted to go somewhere and win some championships, yeah. and lots of guys have done that in sports, and he, he was just hated for that, and especially in Oklahoma City, but a lot of places just thought, oh, that's kind of a dick move, and then I think he really resented that, and then it just spiraled out of control from there, and it's really too bad, because I really loved when he talked about, as number 19, when he talked about number 18 on my list, and he said that, you know, there's a lot of fake tough guys in this league, and Chris Bosh is one of them. And I loved that, and that was great when we still had uh, the good Kevin Durant, because Chris Bosh is a dumb asshole. I hate that terrible fake dive he did. Do you remember that when like no one missed him by like five feet, and he like and he does that thing. And it's like he got knocked out, and he's just like turned into a zombie. The and Raptors. Falls back. I don't know when it is. It's sometime in March. The Raptors are dedicating a day where Chris Bosh will officially retire from the NBA, and they'll put his number up in the Raptors. And it'll always be, to me, it'll always be the Air Canada Centre in downtown Toronto. But they're going to be doing that in March for Chris Bosch. Yeah, and, uh, you know, when he was part of the big three with LeBron and Dwayne Wade, you know, taking the talents to South Beach and all that stuff, it was like, okay, I get LeBron and Dwayne Wade. You're not LeBron and you're not Dwayne Wade. Sorry, buddy. Try <laughs> try again. Anyway, 
Um, I didn't mean... To, I was trying not to put too, uh, too many guys in a row of the same sport, but fuck it, we're going with Bill Lambeer at number 17. Oh, yes! Good <laughs> one. I watched an interview with Larry Bird today, and it was... Uh, I mean, an older interview, right. but it was talking about how he hated how, like, you go up for a jumper and Lambeer would, like, put his foot down to try to, yeah. like, make you twist your ankle and just... Oh, he was dirty. Just dirty. He's filthy out there. Yeah, and he said, like, a lot of guys would play hard. You know you're going to get hit. You know you're they're, they're going to be tough to play against. But Lambeer was just dirty, and he tried to hurt you. And like there were, he was giving examples of other guys who wouldn't try to hurt you. They just play really hard against you and really physically. Lambeer was just an asshole, and everybody knows it. And uh, I saw a number of people say that uh, some of those games, especially that one game, whatever that was, uh, Lambeer at the Garden against the Celtics was like the most hatred they've ever seen from a fan oh, yeah. base against yeah. one guy. That was in the Eastern Conference Finals of the late. 86 80s. maybe was it i think it was probably the late 80s yeah, but than. anyway it, it was in that era where you had the celtics Lakers, pistons coming on bulls coming on end of celtics lakers into pistons bulls and lambeer was an asshole okay and then my last one of this segment number 16 and i saw a great quote and i honestly think if you had told me this quote i don't know who said it someone said it about this guy if you had told me this quote i think i would have actually guessed who it was i may i could be wrong because it's pretty general i think i would have guessed it so if I tell you uh, that someone said calling this guy a teammate would be too much of a compliment, who mm. anyone come to mind? I I know who I would have thought of, and it's who this Russell is. Russell Rusbrook. No, um, uh, Barry Bonds. Oh, good one. Yeah, oh, like isn't that yeah. a perfect summary? Because, Man, you're doing really well at this. Because yeah. when you when you see him, like he'd hit his home run, and then he'd come around, yeah. and guys are kind of like, I guess I'll give you a high five, like. You know, but and he'd kind of sit off to himself. He'd have his own bus. He'd oh, have yeah. his own whatever. It was just like he wasn't a teammate. I think I told you that uh, a, a guy from Marshfield, my yeah, hometown, yeah, yeah, Gary Varsho. Yeah, Gary Varsho played uh, his first two years of Major League Baseball. He played in Pittsburgh, and Barry Bonds was a teammate. And he told me endless stories about what an asshole he was. Yeah, no, he's just uh, a dick. Bobby Bonds should have done a better job raising him. Yeah, no kidding. Okay. Um, if you are just joining us, I thank you for doing so. We're having a lot of fun here on what we're calling episode number 311, D-Day. This is the one, as advertised, this is the one where Chris and I compile a list of who we think are... It was supposed to be originally our top 10 <laughs> douchebags, and they've gotten a little out of hand. I've even added one since we started, oh, so... And that's why we call it unscripted. So, so hard. Wow. For the next five, my next five, it was supposed to be four, but I'm going to add one in there. All right. Uh, my next five would be whatever number, doesn't matter. Mike Vernon. <laughs> I just thought of that when you were talking about it. And Mike Vernon, now I have a little bit of a backstory here. Uh, my wife, born and raised here in Calgary, and she really became a Flames fan when the Flames and the Oilers were you know, at the top of their games and the Oilers always ending up one and the Flames always ending number two, except in 1989. But there were still some great hockey teams for both, obviously, when you, you know, I mean, it's just like the who's who's of who's at the Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto when you talk about those 80s Oilers teams. But folks, I got to tell you, and a lot of people don't know, the Flames had some really good teams too. And they had a really good coach who had a Wisconsin connection, Badger Bob, left the University of Wisconsin after winning three national championships at Wisconsin, came out to Western Canada and took over as head coach of the Calgary Flames. And they were always the second best team in the league. 
and it's too bad then you, you couldn't have had Edmonton and Calgary play, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one in the East and one in the West, and they could have they could have oh, played man. in the Stanley Cup final every year because I think right. they were that much better than everybody or else. A CFL crossover, or right? Something. Yeah. yeah, something like that. Because obviously Edmonton was clear number one, but Calgary was a damn good hockey team. I mean, some of the guys on that hockey team you've heard of: Lanny McDonald, probably Joey Newendike, uh, a young Theron Fleury. But more importantly, an Al McGinnis with an unbelievable cannon for a shot from back on the defensive end. And their goaltender on that team was Mike Vernon. And the reason I put Vernon in this list is that Vernon once hit on Judy down at the old, <laughs> down at the old, uh, and still in, it's still there today, the old Tin Palace down on the Earl's oh, Tin Palace. I served Mike Vernon at Earl's West Hills one time. Yeah. And. You must like Earl's. Judy and her friends were in the Tin tin, tin Palace on 4th Street or 4th mm, Avenue, Ke- yeah. whatever, uh, down in the Misson District of Calgary. And all of a sudden, Vernon and Dougie Gilmore and a couple others walk in, and Vernon just took a beeline right and just... And, you know, I'm happy that someone hit on my wife, but the things that he was saying to her were pretty disgusting. <laughs> you know, and... Uh, I don't think he's got a 12-inch manhood. I don't think he's got a 12 IQ. And he was always the second-best goaltender in National Hockey League behind Grant Fuhr. Exactly. And that's why this guy makes my list. Okay, real quick. When you told me, when you suddenly brought up that you're going to add an NHL goaltender who's retired and lives in Calgary, that's not the one I thought you were going to say. Who did you encounter on the golf course that maybe you put on this list? No? I've I've buried my hat. I buried my axe with Kelly Rudy. He's an idiot, but we got to move on. Right. Um, the next on my list, signed yesterday with the San Diego Padres for ten years, three hundred million dollars. But I'm more pissed off at Manny Machado for his actions in the playoffs last year as a shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers. First spiking Brewers first baseman Jesus Aguilar in the National League Championship Series, and I'm still not over the fact that this guy has the audacity to come out and say publicly that hustling isn't my thing. <laughs> what a lazy sack of shit. Well, you're asking some <laughs> franchise to give you $300 million, which he got yesterday from the San Diego Padres, and hustling ain't my thing. <laughs> right now, folks, I'd hustle for 30 bucks. <laughs> um, next on my list, I think they're cousins in some way, shape, or form. At one time, this guy had the most outrageous contract in all of Major League Baseball. At the time, it was a 10-year, $275 million contract. And I'm talking about, um, what's the girl, the dancer? Jennifer Lopez's bitch. I'm talking about Alex Rodriguez. (laughs) Alex Rodriguez is put up Hall of Fame numbers, but then he got caught busted and with the cheating, with the with the taking the illegal drugs. That bothered me. But what really bothered me is I've always kind of respected the New York Yankees. And for all the money that they were paying him, Alex Rodriguez's postseason numbers when he was a member of the New York Yankees were absolutely horrid. Absolutely. And when is it when you want your big ticket items to produce? You want them to produce in the postseason. I remember, and this has got to be the ultimate, this has to be the ultimate disgrace for a guy who's making $25, $27 million a year, $27.5 million a year. When Joe Torre was the manager of the Yankees, I remember this like it was yesterday. He was in, they were in the World's, uh, excuse me, American League Championship Series against somebody, doesn't matter. 
and they batted Alex Rodriguez eighth in the postseason <laughs> order. They batted him eighth. You're $27.5 million a year guy, and you're batting him eighth? That tells you right there about Alex Rodriguez and his non-activity in the postseason. And he always found a way the next day, after screwing up the night before in New York, the next day they'd find him on a beach with some hot girl in Miami. I don't know. Uh, Next on my list in this segment, um, this guy has become overexposed to me, and that's why he made my douchebag list. Unbelievable football player and in his day, won a championship or two with the New York Giants as a defensive end, but ever since he became a television personality, and now he's got a second show in the morning to go along with Good Morning America, and then he's got Mike and some bitch uh, later on in the morning, is still affiliated with Good Morning America. He's on two pregame shows for the NFL, one with Fox and then a Thursday night package. Michael Strahan has become overexposed as his new TV personality persona. I can't stand him, and I'm sick of him. Um, Congratulations for him for having an unbelievable post-football career, but I think there comes a time where we, we, we overexpose these guys, and they're on too many things. And I'm just tired of seeing that toothy motherfucker Eight days a week <laughs> on different social or on different television uh, stations. And my last one in this one, I think Chris and I'll agree with this. This is a this is a this is a slam dunk. Roger Goodell. Um, I I know Greg will agree with me. I know Ryan will agree with me. I know my buddy Chris will agree with me. This guy is the most overpaid piece of crap in society today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Two hundred million dollars over four years. Um, I don't know what he's done to be awarded that. I think there's a bunch of old boy networks, NFL owners that just are so adverse to change that they'll pay this guy to steep, to keep underperforming as their leader. Um, I think there's a lot of things wrong with Roger Goodell. And I think if we had better leadership, I think the NFL could even be better. And it's, you know, it, and you know what, I, here's why I think the NFL knows that they can be better because it's been reported in the last week that the NFL has approached Adam Silver twice about coming over and being the NFL commissioner. And both times Mr. Silver said, thank you, I'm not interested. Whoa. So if they're looking at the NBA commissioner to come over and help improve the NFL, because I'll tell you, Mr. Silver's done a lot of good things in the NBA. And uh, I think that that magic could really do some wonderful things in the NFL if we got rid of this deadbeat moron as the commissioner of the National Football League. Hard to argue with that. Yeah, you might see him on my list a little later on. But anyway, so at number 15, we've got Kermit Washington, who I wrote an article about, a a blog in the summer called called Kermit the Fraud. And uh, he, uh, of course, punched Rudy Tomjanovich so hard that he was leaking brain fluid out of his nose. And uh, that guy is just a, a fake piece of shit. And really, I could get into it more, but uh, you can just read the article. It's on our Patreon page. It's on my LinkedIn page. It's everywhere. And uh, yeah, Kermit the Fraud. You can probably just Google it. And uh, yeah, you can see everything <laughs> you need to know about that piece of shit. Anyway, uh, number Rudy, four. Rudy, sorry, but Rudy Tomjanovich, the guy that he hit, 1977 at the Fabulous Forum in Los Angeles. Rudy Tomjanovich was never the same. 
And Rudy Tomjanovic was an all-pro player for the Houston Rockets at that time. Ended up coaching the Rockets to the two championships in the 90s that Jordan wasn't involved in while he was on that run with the Bulls. But Rudy Tomjanovic was never the same after getting that sucker punch by Kermit the Frog. Yeah, which was a, which was a shame, uh, but also at least he did go on to great success as a coach. Correct. Which is, which is great. But uh, okay, at number 14 from the files of people that you don't want to be left alone in a room with <laughs> your relatives... Or have to find out what's on this person's laptop. We've got wide-eyed potential serial killer Isaiah Thomas. Not not the Isaiah Thomas who plays in the league nowadays, but the Isaiah Thomas who doesn't know how to spell Isaiah. Right. I-S-I-A-H, the only person I've ever seen do that. I don't know what that is. I think, I'm, I'm assuming they spelled it differently when he was born. He just forgot a letter and over time forgot to put it back. But anyway, that is a creepy, weird dude. He was dirty. He was angry. Yes. He's just odd uh makes outlandish claims um you know thinks he belongs uh, up there in the rarefied air with jordan and he does not and uh, i don't know he's just a a weird creepy undersized uh little man syndrome dude and i just hope i never ever have to be in the same room with that boy that's a good one um felt 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 somebody owed him something still is pissed off to this day that he was left off the 92 dream team you only had you only had uh, twelve positions, eleven pros and one college guy, and there are still to this day, from that era, early nineties, there are still eleven basketball players better than Isaiah Thomas. Absolutely, and that's no there's no question about that <laughs> at all. Anyway, uh, so I, I thought I'd make sure to be super inclusive here and have a woman on the list, and I know you've already had some uh, female entertainers on the list, but I thought I'd grab a sports lady here and so uh you know from uh you know i I like to call people gutter trash Mm -hmm. and uh i don't know if anybody deserves that designation more than tanya harding in (laughs) in from any angle any angle whether her upbringing her attitude her look uh and her actions i don't i don't know how you can beat that you know going after you know the u.s's american beauty queen nancy kerrigan uh getting someone to whack her in the knee yeah tanya harding that was everywhere that was i mean if you you couldn't watch letterman for one night without a tanya harding joke for about two years there like it was ridiculous so that was that was quite the story uh at number 12 i couldn't couldn't even look at this one without laughing (laughs) this is so stupid you know what i hate and this isn't what this guy did i don't think but uh, I hate when somebody is just an asshole. I think of someone like, and I could, I didn't really include wrestlers on the list, but I mean, you can include someone like, if I was going to, I'd put someone like a Shawn Michaels there. And not because what they do is they're just the biggest douchebag ever. They're an ass to everyone. They get, you know, the, the fake blondes. And then they're a dick to everybody who's nice to them and their fans and everything. And then at the end of it all, they're revered. And then they just become a born again Christian. And then and then now everything's forgiven and they're just great. Lex Luger. There's other guys like that who are just total dicks. And then, of course, end up just, you know, asking for forgiveness. So this guy didn't become a born again Christian, but he did the same type of thing where he's a total ass for his whole life. And then he does something that he thinks makes it all better. And we're talking about a guy who changed his name to Meta World Peace, also known as Ron Artest. And uh, going around just punching people randomly and being a dick and being a moron. And then he changes his name. I still don't get the meta part and he didn't even spell meta right by the way and uh and world peace i don't know if that's gonna help or hurt the cause for world peace probably the latter but anyway ron artest 
What a guy. And he more than deserves his place at number 12. And the last one of my segment here, number 11, everyone who's ever had anything to do with the Philadelphia Flyers, and, uh, you know, whether it's Bobby Clark, it's Ron Hextall, it's every Philadelphia asshole fan that's an asshole in every sport in that city, doesn't matter who it is, um, you know, the late Ray Emery might have made this before, I'm not saying I'm including him now, but, you know, I saw a list of top douchebags, um, <laughs> And, you know, and it's fun because it's always fun to have an entry like this. And I know you've got some like this. I saw some like one guy t- number two on his douchebag list was anyone ever associated with the Duke uh, basketball program. And it, and it was great because he was like, he's like, were you have you ever played for Duke? Have you ever been a coach for Duke? Have you ever been a janitor in the locker room at Duke? Congratulations, douchebag. You just made the list. And I just thought that was fantastic. And that's what I have to say about the asshole Philadelphia Flyers who go out of their way, just like Montreal and Quebec in Nordiques back in the day, try to go out of their way to find French players. The Flyers try to find asshole players. Fuck you, Philadelphia Flyers. They've been pretty good at finding them, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, sure have, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Welcome to D-Day, folks. No, we're not on a beach. I wish we were. But uh, Douchebag Deer here on episode number 311 of Unscripted with Mike and Chris. We're about halfway through our respective lists, and I'll continue on with the next four on my list. Numbers nine through six. Number nine, this guy just won another championship. This guy just won another championship of the of the, in the Greek League. Ricky Tricky Patino is on my list. Here's a guy that um, obviously has had some great success as a collegiate coach. Never did much in the pro ranks, probably because he couldn't, you know, he, he couldn't treat NBA players the same way that he treated uh, collegiate players. Obviously, he's a good coach, but uh, him not knowing what was going on at Louisville, which led to the end of his reign at the Kentucky uh, University, tell me that he didn't know that he had a whorehouse on campus. (laughs) Tell me he didn't know. Come on. That's just great. Tell me he didn't know. Aren't you supposed to know what your assistant coaches are doing? I had no idea. I had no idea. Well, somebody did because you and the athletic director got fired. Tricky Dicky makes the uh, Tricky Ricky makes my douchebag list at number nine. At number eight from the NBA, here's a guy. I guess in some weird way, I respected his ability on a basketball court, but then in that same vein, I hated everything about this guy. I hate him now as a broadcaster. He's terrible, and I'm talking about former Celtic legend, former Houston Rockets coach. Kevin McHale, now working for TNT as an analyst. First of all, he's a terrible analyst. Second of all, when he was playing basketball, the reason that Lambeer gets such a dirty reputation sometimes is because he was matching wits with this idiot. And this idiot from Hibbing, Minnesota, is just as crooked as Lambeer was. Um, Injured all the time. Always wanted to, oh, I'm playing on a broken foot. I'm playing on a broken knee. I'm playing on... If it's that bad, you shouldn't be able to get up and down a floor, is my reasoning. Um, Won some championships. But realistically, folks, and I would argue this with anybody, that if we don't have a turnover in Game 1 of the 84 NBA Finals between the Lakers and the Celtics, and the Lakers... Excuse me, that was in Game 2. The Lakers had already won Game 1. If the Lakers go home to Los Angeles in a 2-3-2 playoff format at that time, the Lakers win in 84. So what I'm saying long-winded, and of course, luck plays a huge part of sports. There's no question about it. But when McHale clotheslined Kurt Rambis in the 87 finals, 
That should have been a war. Somebody should, should have taken Mikhail out back, and I know where the places are at the Fabulous Forum in Inglewood where no one would have known if you were kicking the hell out of this guy, but somebody should have been kicking the hell, especially when he literally put his arm out, and as, as, as Kurt Rambis is going in for a layup, he clotheslined him, and he ended up hitting his head on the floor first. That will always find a place for me, for Kevin McHale, in any douchebag list. Number seven, and thankfully this isn't going to come to fruition because I've been praying as hard as about that, uh, that this isn't going to happen, but Carmelo Anthony is not going to be the newest member of the Los Angeles Lakers, thank God, from what I've been told. Uh, there have been some discussions between uh, Laker management and Carmelo Anthony's people, but Carmelo Anthony still thinks he's an elite player and he wants to be guaranteed playing time and he wants to be guaranteed shots and he wants to be guaranteed minutes. And all I say to you is you're on my douche leg vague list and you're going to be there forever and ever. Number six, and the last one in this segment for me before I get to my big five, Russell Westbrook. Okay. Russell Westbrook from Los Angeles played at UCLA. I'd love him if he was a member of the Los Angeles Lakers someday. But since he's not, I consider him a douchebag. Um, It is great that he has broken Oscar Robertson's all-time triple-doubles record. Fabulous. Great. Good on you. And I do have a bit of a sense of loyalty to him that he has stayed loyal to the Oklahoma City Thunder organization because I know a lot of people would have gotten out of Oklahoma City on the first train out if they had the opportunity. And if you've ever been to Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, which I have, you'd be saying the same damn thing. But the way everything we carry on about the way he dresses and the way he treats the media, folks, some of these idiots don't realize that the media can make and or break your career. And if you're taking that kind of antagonistic attitude that Kevin Durant recently has shown again with the media and Russell Westbrook continues to do with the media, they're going to fry these guys. They're going to just, they're just going to just, they're just going to be unmerciful in the way that they roast these guys. I don't think Russell Westbrook, as talented as he is, I don't think he's the sharpest knife in a drawer. And that leads to some of the things that comes out of his mouth. I think he's selfish on the basketball court. I think he's driven by records that he can attain and call his own. And that's why the biggest thing about, in my dislike and disrespect for Russell Westbrook, regardless of how talented he is, is the number zero. And that's how many rings he has. Zero. It's always nice when the douchebags don't do well. <laughs> it's always really gratifying. Okay, we're into the top 10 here. Number 10, I've got Roger Goodell, who Mike mentioned earlier. And I don't get the whole paying him $200 million. What are you going to do? What, he, he wouldn't take $150 million? He wouldn't take $100 million? Like, why, why not? What's he going to do? Where else is he going to go make that kind of money? What leverage did he have, lazy owners? You just, I'm assuming they just don't want to have somebody come in who doesn't know what they're doing. Because they don't even like this guy. Like, Jerry Jones, one of the most powerful right, owners, allegedly, right. doesn't even like him. So why are they giving him the... It doesn't make any sense. It's never been explained. It's never been told. He doesn't do anything well. He's terrible at everything. They're phasing out the kickoff with his passive-aggressive five-yard shit, right? They, you can't even touch the quarterback. I appreciate trying to save the guys, but you can't even touch them now. That 15-yard penalty for like putting a hand on Tom Brady was just a complete disgrace. The whole league is just becoming a joke. I'm hoping that the new leagues can help you know, have some competition or at least lead to the NFL adopting some rule change. I doubt they will because the NFL just seems so lazy. This is far from the 
the whole remember when nobody questioned that the NFL was the most well-run sports league in the yep. world with Paul Tagliabue and everything. Yep. No one says that anymore. So I don't know. It just it couldn't have eroded any more in such a short time under Goodell and that contract extension and that amount of money makes no sense whatsoever. What if you offer him a million, two million a year? And I don't even know how he even deserves that. But even if he does. Like what? What? Where else is he going to go? What was the leverage he had yeah. to get two hundred million and unlimited health for all his family tree and everything? It didn't make any sense, and I'd love an explanation. And those owners in the old boys club are just lazy, and uh, hopefully they'll all be gone soon too. Uh, number nine, we've got Mister Temper Tantrum at eighty-five years old, Bobby Knight throwing chairs around like they're candy. Throwing he's the only guy who threw chairs around willy nilly, other than maybe certain wrestlers. And I don't know, I just, I hate when I see a guy that old and he gets that successful just by throwing tantrums and yelling all the time and just being a complete dick. And he was just, I just found that type of person just, that they're just worthless to me. They hold back humanity. I just have no use for somebody like that, really. You're just going to, you know, steamroll your way through every social situation. Go fuck yourself, you stupid old man. <laughs> anyway, number eight, we have Colin Kaepernick. And I thought about this one for a while. And I've really tried to consider, like, what is this guy doing? And I'm left with the conclusion that he is full of shit because he was just a guy who was just sitting and being a jackass during the national anthem, which is disrespectful to the country and the flag and the military. No matter what he says, you don't get to have it both ways. You don't get the notoriety that comes from doing something controversial like that and then get to say that you weren't doing anything disrespectful. It wouldn't have gotten you notoriety if it wasn't disrespectful, asshole. You're full of shit. You tried out for the Seahawks. You sucked. You lost to Austin Davis, who can barely move and is nothing like Russell Wilson, which is the type of guy who should be backing up Russell Wilson. That's you on paper, but you suck now. You haven't played properly since you were 25. You're now in your 30s, and you don't want to play. You know, the AAF has a consistent, uh, the same pay scale for everybody. You're asking for $20 million just because you know they're going to say no because you don't want to get exposed out there. You know you suck right now. Even if he didn't when this whole shit started a couple years ago, he sucks now. He's rusty now. Nobody would come back and be good after this kind of a layoff, and that's what people are ignoring. Like, he's just going to walk back, and he'd be good, and he's being held down with collusion and all this shit. No, he's not. If he came to anywhere right now, not even the NFL, CFL, AAF, XFL, doesn't matter. Colin Kaepernick will suck. He wouldn't, he'll, first of all, he's too busy with his own publicity, his own big ego to actually buckle down and play properly. He never studied game film in the first place. Never mind now when he's Mr. Big Shot Star. He thinks he's a martyr. I could see him, once he gets old, if he's not really feeling this whole life thing, I could see him kind of engineering his own death so he becomes a martyr. He's a piece of shit. And I appreciate that maybe something he'll do will lead to something good, but I doubt it because he's never said any sort of solution. It's just be a whiny bitch and just complain about everything and just hope that people are, you know, I don't know, angry at each other. I don't know what he mm -hmm. wants. He's never suggested one solution ever. And that's how you know someone is full of shit and they don't really stand for what they say they stand for. Number seven, we've got LeVar Ball, who I mean, oh, yeah. didn't really deserve to have... You know, doesn't deserve to have enough fame to actually be on this list, but he's just such a worthless douchebag, so full of shit, so full of himself, makes his own basketball league that gets 50 people a night in a full-size stadium. I mean, it's 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 great because I don't mind putting him here because it's so funny because it's so <laughs> stupid. You know, you know, homeschooling his own guys at, at his house like Lavar U. I mean, I'd love to see the course load there. You know, like, I mean. <laughs> you know today in walmart greeter <laughs> class <laughs> yeah well, uh i gotta go and uh you know do some media appearances here's some hooked on phonics you guys like just you know 
1-800-ABCDEFG. He thinks, he said the most preposterous thing. He believes that if the Lakers were to acquire his other two sons to go along with the one that's already playing with the Lakers, they would be a championship contender. Are you kidding me? Oh, Jesus. You know, I don't know if I ever said this story. One time, I, we were teenagers, and we decided to do a, a prank call, so we had saw the Hooked on Phonics. Oh, yeah. yeah. 1-800-ABCDEFG. Yeah. So and you called the ball house. I, so I, I, I called, and I don't know what I was planning on saying, but I panicked when someone answered the So I called 1-800-ABCDEFG, and then some lady answered the phone, like, for, like I'm going to order some Hooked on Phonics or whatever. And I don't know what I was planning on saying, but I panicked, and I just said, can I have sex? And then I stung up. <laughs> I'm like, that didn't even make sense. I blew it. Crap. <laughs> Can I have sex? Anyway. All right. <laughs> sure. All right. Twenty nine ninety five. Oh, boy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was the closest I ever got to phone sex right there. <laughs> yeah. All right. And at number six, we've got Vincent Kennedy McMahon, who, you know, has made professional wrestling uh, what it is today in good ways and bad for the average non-fan or casual fan of wrestling all they know they don't know what it's like in japan or mexico or around the world when they think of professional wrestling it's just the wwe or back when it was the wwf and that's all they think of and it's this used car salesman raised in a trailer park in north carolina uh you know who just has this weird ham acting sort of used car salesman persona and has made that professional wrestling and that's not what professional wrestling has to be and that's why i'm so glad that now shod khan the owner of the jacksonville jaguars and his son tony khan have decided to back all elite wrestling which is a new league that's starting now and is being launched by the most famous independent wrestlers in the u.s around the world which are the young bucks the jacksons chris jericho big star has signed on with them as well kenny omega uh, who's actually going to be featured on that Engraved in a Nation. One oh, of these, yeah, yeah. He's one of That's the six. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, so he's going to be great. He's arguably the best wrestler in the world. So I'm very excited to see All Elite Wrestling. I'm hoping it's not like some of the other leagues like TNA where they've tried, where they're just a shitty copy of WWE and they do the exact same shit. I'm hoping this is proper professional wrestling and stays away from the overly soap opera shit. If you want to do like UFC type stuff, like guys that pull apart and shove each other and talk shit to each other, that's great. But this whole thing, like, you know, all this, like you can tell WWE is written now, not by bookers like back in the day, but by failed sitcom writers. And you can just tell, and there's so much dumb shit, and it's just unwatchable, and it's too long now. I mean, having, think about it. Monday Night Raw is three hours, which is way too long. Even when I want to watch it, I, I'm not going to sit down and watch it. I'll watch highlights on YouTube if I want to see that at all. And then they have SmackDown the next night on Tuesdays, uh, which is two hours. And then if they had a pay-per-view the night before, it's three or four hours. I mean, it's just, it's way too much content. Even if you want to watch, you can't keep up with it all. And most of it is filler and crap anyway. Vince McMahon is just, you know, has just ruined professional wrestling. I hope it comes back. He nationalized the product and got it out of the, out of the territorial system and the smoky arenas. And I appreciate that much. And who knows, maybe... The new X, the first XFL was a complete embarrassment, especially at the end when they just didn't care anymore and they just started doing wrestling stuff. But I'm hoping the new one, they've got some ideas. They're really going to focus on speed of play. It's going to be faster than the AAF, and I appreciate that, and I hope it leads to some stuff. But Vince is just an old man, and as Roddy Piper said to him once on Raw, you know, so you failed as a boxing promoter, you failed as a bodybuilding promoter, you failed as a you know, everything else as a football promoter. The only thing you've ever been successful at is the company your daddy gave you. And the whole crowd at the time went, ooh, because that was a great line from the late, great Rowdy Roddy Piper. But uh, Vince McMahon, uh, I won't shed one tear when he's gone. 
We're just about on the home stretch now of uh, episode uh, number 311 of Unscripted, but we're commonly referring to as D-Day. Uh, no disrespect to the military. We're just, nope, just, just having a little fun here today. It's our douchebag day. Uh, and I'm down to my final five, and here they are in descending order from five to one. These are five people that I can't stand. Call them a lot of things, including douchebags. Um, number five on my list, Carson Daly. I can't stand this Hammenager. I can't believe that the talent producers at NBC keep finding this piece of crap a job. He is, he is, you know, you, I would think as a good MC, you need to have some, you need to show some personality. You can't look like you're robotic out there. And to me, after all the, all the airtime that this guy has gotten over the years, whether it's on his late night talk show or the voice or whatever other medium that he is a part of, he looks scared to me. He sits there and introduces those songs on the voice and he looks scared. And you can tell he's just reading it right off a teleprompter. Now doing whatever song, Mr. Chris Luke. I mean, show some, be able to get away from the teleprompter. Show some, again, after all the time that you've had in front of the camera, you should have some more chops to be able to you know, move around a little bit, show us a little bit of something. He looks like a freaking robot to me. I can't stand his voice. I don't understand how the talent coordinators at NBC keep finding him a job, but they do. And that's why he will continue to be very high on my douchebag list. Number four, this lady has bothered me for a long, long time. And I used to, I used to really almost feel bad for her with the upbringing that she had uh, she's had a, she's been, she was left as a child. Um, she was, uh, impregnated very early in her life. I think she had her first child at 16. Um, a Jewish, she was Jewish by religion, but was raised in Salt Lake city, which we all know is, you know, not the garden spot of the world. So she's had some obstacles to overcome, but then at the height of her success, the first time around, she does the thing to the Star Spangled Banner at a San Diego Padres game in 1988 and totally obliterates that song. Disrespectful, number one. But last year, what really pissed me off, and, we're, and if you haven't figured it out, we're talking about her. I'm talking about Roseanne Barr or Roseanne Barr Arnold or Roseanne whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but... My problem is last year, her show, when they relaunched it last year, uh, Roseanne was the number one rated show in television last year. And then in the off season, after a very successful first year run, she gets caught uh, with some very racist tweets and she blames that on Ambien and that she wasn't in the right state of mind. Roseanne, my dear, you haven't been in the right state of mind since probably the 70s. Ultimately, because of your shenanigans, you cost that whole cast of the show when it was relaunched this year as the Connors. That show's already been canceled. You cost all those great actors another job because of your being stupid and selfish and just being a grade-A bitch. I just really have no place anymore for Roseanne Barr. I used to laugh at her stand-up comedy because the one thing I admired about her was that she was able to take shots at herself. And there was a lot of material to work with there, let me tell you, folks. But when she starts, uh, with her actions, starts getting into people's livelihoods in regard to the people that now don't have that second job in regard to the show The Connors, 
because she, and she's blaming it on Ambien. No, you got to blame it on yourself. You're weak, and I'm disappointed, and that's why you made this douchebag list. Number three, and this may be number one A. I, I really, these last three, I really had a trouble differentiating between number one and number three. But as far as I know, these this number three has never done any harm physically to anybody. And that's why this group is at number three. And this group is anybody affiliated, associated with the Kardashians. Why in the hell do we as a society, and not me as a society or Chris as a society, but a lot of people, folks, um, one of them, the Kyrie Jenner, I just read recently, is the most... Uh, whatever, when you she has the most connections or she has on Twitter and Facebook, she is the diva of social media. She's got a clothesline out. She's got a whole bunch of different things out. Her dad is the most confused person in America. Um, but why in the hell would anybody that can put, you know, that has two remaining functioning squirrels in your brain, why would you listen to these idiots? I don't get it. And that's why the Kardashian family, starting with that that mattress back mother, Chris, <laughs> that whore, who once did O.J. Simpson, and I think that's why, but I digress. I'll have O.J. Simpson's ass in a minute. Um, anybody that listens to the Kardashians, I feel sorry for you, and I really believe that you need some friends in your life. I really believe that. I do not know why, and you wonder why, there are a lot of girls like my 13-year-old at home that look on their social media accounts and they're worried about the way they look or they're worried about the way they dress. It's because these idiots, all of them, and then the, the Jenners, the second generation of crap, why anybody would listen to these people, I do not know. It just bothers me to no end. Number two, I only put this guy at number two because I hate number one so much. But this guy, folks, was an icon for a lot of us, especially if you're 50 plus, because you've grown up with this guy going back to the show. And this is way before Chris was even with us. I bet his dad would know about this old show that Bill Cosby was on called I Spy years ago. Bill Cosby was one of the first African-Americans to get a primetime role on a primetime television show. And the guy at one time was very funny. And then obviously he changed television culture forever with the 80s shows, The Cosby Show. What show previously to The Cosby Show had two professionals as parents, especially as African-Americans? One was a doctor, one was a lawyer. How many? None. Zero. Zip. None. Zilch. Zero. Null. Whatever. None. That was an iconic show. It changed the way we watch television especially as a family in the 80s the cosby show in the 80s was dominant and now you've got this piece of shit bill cosby at 81 who we all thought was the second coming of our lord jesus christ we we thought cliff huxtable was really our dad up there telling us what we should and shouldn't do and then we come to find out when he's 81 years old he's going to spend the rest of his life in jail because he can't keep his you know what in his pants and the way he did it, by drugging these women, why would Bill Cosby have to drug anybody? See, that's the thing I don't understand. And that's what really makes this disturbing for me. Because I really thought 
And maybe, obviously, I was very naive, but I thought Cliff Huxtable was beyond reproach. And now you see the mugshots of Bill Cosby, and you know now that Bill Cosby is going to spend at least the next four years in prison. I hope Bill Cosby never sees another light of day. And I hope someday that he's in a jail cell next to my number one. My number one, and this is simple. Helen Keller could have figured this one out. It's it's Orenthal James Simpson. I am still, to this day, can't believe this son of a bitch is still walking. I can't believe that he believes that somebody owes him something. I still can't believe, but legally you can't do anything because he earned this. And the reason he has any money today is because of his pension from the NFL. But... O.J. Simpson savagely killed two people in 19, on, on the night of June 12, 1994. He savage, savagely just sliced and diced two people because he thought that the waiter was with his white wife. Well, O.J. Simpson has been with every white woman in many states. I just, I, I just can't believe that we were railroaded for 15 months where that, trail, that trial went on, the, the trial of the century and we had to watch that for every day on cnn and religiously we watched it and then to watch the blasphemy when he sits there and judge ito who was the limp dick throughout that whole trial and he announces to the world that he's not guilty are you kidding me uh charles manson guilty i get it um jeffrey dahmer guilty yeah he paid for it in prison O.J. Simpson is playing golf somewhere today. And I'm telling you, folks, if you want to comment, please do. But I'm telling you, if this trial had happened in the state of Alabama, O.J. Simpson would be worm food. Yeah, he uh, he could have had a <laughs> tougher go of it for sure. For the record, I decided to impose a no O.J. Simpson rule on my own list simply because he's so far beyond anyone, it wouldn't even have been fun for me. <laughs> so it's just, it's it's like a whole other thing. It's like I've often said before when I was a kid and I was out at the lake near the Manitoba border and I, I, I was able to turn the antenna and get this little small town little uh, local sports show with like two guys in a super low budget studio and uh, they just they, they were doing a world's ugliest athlete contest and they had four rules and rule number four was not Tim Hunter because it, <laughs> it wasn't because it, like they, there's not even a point in having the contest. So you have to get sometimes you have to get rid of the clear number one and just be like, OK, so besides that idiot, obviously, and then you, you, you can do a, a list without that. But anyway, so number five um, is Sean Avery slash Matthew Kachuk slash Brad Marchand slash Matt Cook slash 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 because that's all they do is slash people. But uh, Sean Avery, if you have to pick one, it's Sean Avery uh, waving his stupid stick in Martin Broder's face. And if you ever get the excuse from sports leagues and owners and management and whatever that they can't change a rule really fast, I refer you back to when Sean Avery was waving his stick in front of Martin Broder and they had a rule change the next day. Yep. The next day they had a rule change because they could not they could not deal with this because this guy is such a douchebag that they had to change the rules overnight because he's such an asshole. He made fun of a guy's cancer. He is he was a diver. He was just a piece of shit. And really, all these other guys they're the same person. Really, Sean Avery's the worst if you have to pick one. But all these guys, it's the same cheap shot bullshit. You know that refs need to really crack down on for sure. And I'm just so tired of seeing all of them. At number four. <laughs> It's too bad, because this guy has a really nice dad who has the same name as him. 
But at number four, we have Kellen Winslow Jr., the fucking soldier. <laughs> the soldier. The soul- I'm a fucking soul- soldier, baby. Who I found a new thing that he did. I didn't even know about this. So we talked a while ago about how he was he's being accused of sexually assaulting women between the ages of 50 and 87. And now I found out another story besides that. Is that if that if that's not enough to uh, be going after senior citizen women, like coming out yeah. of coming out of like an eighty-seven year old or whatever it was with his shirt off and like, what are you doing there? And people, neighbors are like seeing him. So, and I can't make I couldn't make this up. Sorry, this is actually true. Separate from all that, and separate from just being a douchebag in general in football, uh, he was caught jerking off in a Target parking lot. What? Yeah. I didn't hear this. Yeah, he was in his Escalade, and he's just sitting there jerking off in a Target parking lot. So someone called the cops on him because you could tell. And the cops come, and they ask, what are you doing? And he said, looking for Boston Market. <laughs> With his manhood You're in his already hand. basting the turkey. <laughs> what do you need Boston Market for? <laughs> anyway, a tremendous piece of shit that we probably won't have to see for much longer. I'm assuming oh my God. this guy's in a severe tailspin. Whoa. And I know we're running long here, but, and, and so I don't want to make this as long as it probably deserves to be, but number three, <laughs> uh, nothing like lying to Congress and obviously checking your notes and having to, what, oh. what did I forget? <laughs> looking down and then looking at period. And I'm, I'm pointing my finger and saying the word period to the judge to underline that. I'm I going, know who we're going oh, with here. Raphael, fucking Palmero. <laughs> you know, we've already had Barry Bonds. We could have thrown McGuire and who Clemens and all these guys. With Canseco, I intentionally left him off because he's straight up about it. That's true. You know, that's true. He that's cheated true. when everyone was cheating and they yeah. came out and said, yeah, I did it. I did it. These yeah. guys did it too. That's I cheated. I admit it. Sure. Yeah. That's I totally did it. Totally. It's like Chael Sonnen in, in UFC. It's like, yep, I cheated. Yep. I deserve to be punished. And I, and I did my time. Yep. Totally. I totally deserved it. No problem there. But yeah, Rafael Palmero, uh, just, I, uh, just another level of, and, and you know, like, and I knew he was even worse than the rest of them. I just knew it by looking at him. And then when he starts to come back in his 50s, and like, I'm going to come back to the major leagues in my 50s, you know the guy's just out of his mind to completely narcissistic, moron, loser, douchebag to do that. <laughs> and just to, like, just how he thought he was so smart that he's just going to read a statement to, and he's going to make sure to co- like coordinate pointing with his left finger. Like, at the same time, he, said, he couldn't remember to point and say one word at the same What was I supposed to, oh, I was supposed to point and say the word period? <laughs> I, I, I did not take any, sir, period. The guy who claimed that when everyone saw him getting steroids injected into his ass by a teammate, that it was a B12 injection, <laughs> which is why one of our first episodes is episode 16 of Unscripted. It's called B12. Mm-hmm. You know, it be, like, I mean, just <laughs> on so many levels, just the biggest, out of all the steroid cheaters in, in baseball, and you could make the case that A-Rod's worse and whoever else is worse and McGuire's worse and Bonds is worse, but purely for me, for my money, Rafael Palmero is the biggest douchebag piece of shit in the history of baseball and one of the worst in sports. Number two, Anderson Silva, just a cocky asshole. And I have to say, I have no reservations about saying I enjoyed watching Chris Weidman beat him twice when 
I mean, when you see the guy get knocked out because he was clowning around, it's like a movie when he's clowning around and trying to put his face out there and like, oh, you missed me. Oh, you missed me. And then he gets knocked the fuck out. Enjoyed it as well. In the rematch, he severely breaks his leg with one of those catastrophic failures. And I enjoyed every second of it. No problem. <laughs> Anderson Silva, one of the most overrated people ever. Glad to see him losing match after match now, finally getting exposed. A lot of these guys, they don't stay around long enough for this. It's really nice to see him getting his ass kicked repeatedly and being exposed as an overrated fraud of a person and at number one here we go and at number one who else could it be since i'm <laughs> since, since i'm restricting myself and saying no oj who else could it be but the only person in history to ever run a red light well high and probably drunk <laughs> and hit a pregnant lady and break the pregnant lady's arm and then run away from the scene of the crime on foot while everyone's pointing at you and saying isn't that john jones <laughs> And then run back to the scene of the crime and grab fistfuls of cash and then run away and scale a fence while cash is flying away. The only person in the history of humanity who has ever pulled off that situation, this cheater who has repeatedly failed you know, drug tests, had events moved for him now, had UFC 151 canceled, so there's just no such thing as UFC 151. It never happened because they couldn't change it all. Just the biggest piece of shit ever. <laughs> the guy who sits in front of all these things he's has to sit in front of, facing the music allegedly, and he's got that John Edwards look, you know, the politician, where he's like, wide-eyed, <laughs> almost like Katy Perry, like, oh, yes, I'm, 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 Deer a very, in the headlights. I'm a very good boy. No, I am. Oh, I'm be look how honest I'm being, and they're so full of shit, and they're just the worst... <laughs> Worst people ever. That's my list. But John Jones sits atop it. Please, please, please. I know he's got the disqualification loss where he was dominating the fight. I know he's got the no contest where he won the fight, but he was cheating. Uh, I mean, who knows how many other fights he was cheating in, too. It obviously wasn't just that one. So can we please just have someone kick his ass? Anthony Smith. I love how this fight is the most boring sounding fight ever. Smith versus Jones. <laughs> but uh, I hope Anthony, Anthony Smith beats him. I don't care if it's Brock Lesnar, who easily could have been on this list for sure. And I know he's on uh, a lot of these guys were on uh, Ryan Hall's list. And I know that, uh, you know, Alf Samuelson was there and he showed a great clip of Ty knocking him out. Um, but, you know, and Brock Lesnar is really high on Ryan's list for sure. But and I, I agree he could be on this list. But I would cheer wholeheartedly for Brock Lesnar against John Jones. Please, somebody, just clearly defeat John Jones. We can't have him have no clear losses. That's just unbearable at all. Someone kick the shit out of this guy, please. He's the number one douchebag on my list. And I have no sympathy for anything bad that ever happened to this guy as long as he lives. Well, I'll tell you, folks, I haven't had this much fun. And we always seem to have fun doing Unscripted. And this has been an unbelievably uh, a lot of fun and a lot of fun episode. Um agree with us, disagree, have your own list, please feel free to go to one of our different social media avenues, leave a comment, leave your own list, please. We will uh, certainly read them over the air. I know we've uh, looking forward to seeing the finalized list of uh, our regular contributors to the show, Greg and Ryan. Uh, we'll certainly uh, bring their lists on board, but uh, you did a very nice job. Your list was much more well thought out of mine. Mine was more emotion driven, but that's the way I am most no, of the fun. time, and, and uh, it works for me. Chris takes a very analytical look at everything, and he, he produced a hell of a list. And I sit there and look at that list, and I go, I could add him. I could add him. I could add, oh, yeah, you too. Yeah, you too. Um, I just uh, really had a good time. Hope that you did, and uh, I look forward to the next time that we can 
do it again. And the, I think the only stipulation is next time is that anybody that was on this list can't be on the next well, one. Well, no, they won't be because the next time we're doing top 25 dead douchebags. There you go. Okay, I'm in. I can't wait. Um, I, I, Al Capone. Well, hopefully OJ is on that list. Yes. Oh, my God. He'll take up one through five. <laughs> We've got to run. We went long, but it was for a damn good reason. We had a lot of fun here on our D-Day uh, episode number 311 episode of Unscripted. We thank you for participating and hope that you continue to do so. Having said all that, for the master list master, list master and the executive producer of Unscripted, Mr. Chris Fluke, I'm Mike Jansen. Until next time.